Hey there, restaurant pros. It's David Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 31 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom for your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around the story of one restaurant owner who we've talked to in the past who made incredible change and survived all the COVID business restrictions and got her life back. But now I want to tell you about our guest today, who is Emmy Barnick, owner of the Captain's Cabin in Washburn, North Dakota. Now, you may remember Emmy as my guest back in episode eight. She made incredible changes, like I said, in the height of the business restrictions during the pandemic. This is kind of a where are they now follow-up interview. I hope you're ready to drop all the excuses of why you're not able to start down your systems journey. Why? Because after you listen to Emmy's timeline, from thinking about closing her restaurant doors to making a bottom line improvement of over $288,000 in just the last 12 months, you're gonna wanna start today. I wanna welcome Emmy Barnick to the show today. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome for your restaurant every single day, and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. I mean, I'm so excited to have you as a repeat guest. We see each other on a weekly basis, but thanks so much for, for joining me again. Of course, it's all, uh, my pleasure. So I wanna share with people kind of a backtrack when we first talked you talked about where you were in covid and how you'd had to make a major change and um, maybe somebody's listening to us right now they don't know your story so i want to start off with emmy you and your husband end up from being farmers and you as a social worker end up buying a local restaurant because you want to provide the community something better than they were doing in the first place. They were on the market. Describe that decision of wanting to go into the restaurant business and why. Yeah, um, I did grow up in the restaurant business, but never had uh, any inclination to wanting to own one. But this came along and it was going to be more of an investment type thing. Somebody was going to run the front, somebody was going to run the back and lo and behold, shocker, that did not work out. Um, so it was sink or swim time and I had to dive in and learn how to run a business. And, and you even, even if I'm not mistaken, you had a chef who was stealing your food and running a catering business out of your back door. Like under your nose, this, this other person was supposed to help you be successful was actually undermining you every step of the way, costing you tens of thousands of dollars. Is that an accurate statement? Correct. He was a friend of ours. It wasn't just some guy we hired off Indeed. Um, it was a friend of ours and he was catering on the side, having the check wrote directly to him. 
um, using our food. And so, yeah, it was tens of thousands of dollars. I was very angry and upset in the beginning, but in looking back, it was one of the greatest things that's ever happened because it forced me to get involved where I needed to be involved. It so was now definitely let's do, a rude awakening. <laughs> let's describe the restaurant for, for people. Like you're in a small town, say where you are. and I want you to tell people how big, I mean, small your town is. It is definitely a small town. We are the grandest little city on the Missouri River in Washburn, North Dakota. So it's just north of Bismarck, the capital, pretty much smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, but our town has about 1,200 people. So it is very small town. Um, there's no stoplights. It's just it's a, just a small town. Um, the closest big chain of like our, your Walmarts, those kind of things, that's like going shopping for us is in Bismarck. So it's definitely small town. And with that said, you are a destination location. If it's okay with you, I'm gonna disclose, you're about a $1.5 million a year in annual sales kind of store. So you're not slow. Uh, you've got surrounding towns that are small, people come in, like you are the place to be in your area. Is that an accurate statement? Yes, and I would say we've also kind of became a prime employer in the community as well, because we do offer a lot of jobs. We started with, I think, eight employees and we have a lot of part-timers, but I think we're 23, 24 right now. Yeah, so, so you've grown good, the business. Good job for, mm -hmm. It was, it, you didn't buy a business that was already successful and always booming. You literally took it from the ground floor and really exploded it. But with that said, it yeah, wasn't- I mean, they, had, they had no computer, no POS, no nothing. Everything was just an old till that said cash or food or uh, beer or food. Um, everything was pretty much uh, freezer to fryer. So we've definitely expanded things. <laughs> Well, let's, let's talk about your restaurant, The Captain's Cabin, and where you were come pandemic is hitting, we're shutting things down. Um, but even before we got to that, you were already struggling. It was, paint a picture for me, January 2020, right? We're, we're not quite there to the point where, um, you know, pandemic is, I guess we think it's going to end a lot sooner than it really is. But it wasn't really what affected you as much as just the fact of all these changes you had to make from employees stealing from you to no procedures, no systems, no nothing, being in the business. Describe what things looked like for you financially and, and how you were yeah, making payroll on things. You bring up a good point that it really wasn't COVID. Like we, I, I don't want this to sound weird, but we actually did pretty well with COVID. We did a lot of takeout. Um, and so we actually did pretty well. It was changing all the other things that really made the impact. Um, so we, yeah, had, we were struggling. It was either figure out how these holes in the bucket are leaking water, money all over the place or get rid of it. We've got to close the doors. Well, if I, if I remember correctly, call it called January, 2020, when I go back to our first interview we did together and from our very first uh, discovery call, you had about $7,000 in the bank. And if I'm not mistaken, you were robbing Peter to pay Paul, taking from your savings account, personal savings account in order to make payroll at that time. Is that an accurate picture? Correct. It's, it's embarrassing, but yeah, we were, we didn't have any other choice. It, um, 
and we sat down with a couple of different people, my dad being one of them in January of 2020, just to kind of, I didn't even know what prime cost was like that. I knew nothing about the restaurant business and we rough and dirty guesstimated that we were at about 85% prime cost. When we met with you, we figured it was really actually at 89% prime cost. And that's about six months later, right? We're talking June of, yep. of 2020. So Pandemic's been churning, it's been going, and you've been struggling through this whole time. So an 89% prime cost. So people, if you're not listening, that's total labor cost plus total cost of goods sold. And that includes tax benefits, insurance on the labor. That means for every dollar it comes in, you had damn near 90 cents spent. You had only a dime left over to pay all your fixed expenses, let alone leave something alone for you, which means it was a very big uphill battle, cash flow nightmare, right? Yeah, that, yeah, we were bringing the sales in, but we didn't have money in the bank account. So that's where I knew like, okay, it's not that we just really suck and people don't want to be here. We have the sales. So what the hell is going on? I've got to get to the bottom of this. So and how many hours a week we, are you putting in at this time? Oh, 80 hours a week. Yeah, If I remember correctly, I think you took one day off in, in the yeah. hall of 2020 in up late. to that point. Yeah, pretty much. It was pretty much nonstop, just a hamster wheel. And that's what I was getting burnt out really quickly on. You know, we were probably only, what, a year and a half into the business and I was getting really burnt out already because it's you're just constantly putting out fires and waiting for the next chaotic moment to happen where somebody needs you and it's like, ah, <laughs> it's it's stressful and, and no money in the bank to prove it, to show for it. You know, it was like, what the hell am I doing even? Yeah, feeling a prisoner to your business, not making money. Um, I'm pretty sure we we talked about it. You probably were you were having a little recording going in your head, going, "Is this worth it? Like, should I just close the doors? The hell with this," because there really wasn't an upside to wanting to give back to your community because it wasn't returning back in your back pocket or in your life. Right. And we did have the option to go to the bank because of COVID and borrow another $100,000 or whatever it was that we needed to kind of get back on our feet. But I knew that wasn't going to solve the problem. So after our discovery call with you, where it was like, okay, well, here's what's on the table. It's like, well, even if I get half of that money back, we're going to be better off than where, where we are now. So I might as well give this a try. And we really started to implement the systems one at a time and just kind of has snowballed from there. And, and you didn't start, you didn't start with anything huge. We, we didn't go to shelf sheet inventory, dollars per labor hour work. You literally started, your very first system was what? Pre-shift notes. Pre-shift meeting, just a little checklist Most of what of we want to talk about on a daily basis. How did that even, how did that start the ball rolling down the hill to pick up momentum? It's so simple and it's really just, I, I'm a believer that it takes 21 days to create a habit. Like now it's just, it's not an option. It's just what you do at your closing manager shift. It's what you do when you get here, you read your shift notes and then you don't have to ask me 43 times of, do we have this? What about this? Is there bingo tonight? Da, 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 you know, and all these questions, everything's already on there, right there for them. Um, so yeah, it just really kind of sets the tone for the whole shift. And so when you saw success with that, as you moved in the next system, you just stuck that course, right? You put it in place, you stick with yep. it, you monitor it every day. You say, this is the way we're doing. Did you have pushback? Did you lose some people? And even in management? We did. Um, and I think that was 
terrifying in the beginning when you mentioned that like you're probably going to lose some of your employees and it's like what we can't lose anybody we're already short staffed we're short managed da, da, da. and yeah we ended up losing a couple of our main people and they still help out every now and then but i think it was a good change for them too they were probably burnt out as well understandably so um they're a lot happier now when they come back and help fill in rather than just uh, be on the same hamster wheel we were on. So yeah, we definitely had some staff turnover. I think the checklists would probably be one we had the most pushback on, but yeah. now that they, again, now that we have Jolt in place, it's just something they do. You just have to do your checklist before you leave. It's not an option. Well, it is, is amazing when you think about it. you started this, the journey, if you will, mentally in January, but you really didn't start to look out for help or contact me. You'd been kind of circling information, YouTube channel, we did an eval and so on, but something triggered you to get on the discovery call, something triggered to say, yeah, I want to join. And then you just started and you started to see success. And what's amazing is we go from June when you start to November, just four months later, your prime cost went from 89% to 75%. Well, that is still not going to make you a ton of money. Your bank account moved from $7,000 to $70,000 and you weren't worried about making payroll anymore. You weren't feeding the business anymore. Right. Right? I mean, what 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 was yeah. that change and how did it happen so quickly? I just really think like I go back to that bucket all the time of you've got to plug the holes and really what helped set that in motion was doing the budget with you and figuring out like so it, it that was hard for me to understand with all the the systems it's like okay where do i start well it might be different for me where i need to start versus where you need to start you might need recipe costing cards asap or a new menu today because you're just throwing money away so I think once we did the budget and kind of found out where we needed to start plugging the biggest holes and then it's just kind of kept snowballing again from there. So now what I love about about this next time frame. And this is kind of a review of, 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 of our first our first podcast interview we did together because it kind of catches up to this January point, but from November 2020 to January 2021, you and your husband run farms and like you're in in the height of season, you're in a combine for 12 plus hours a day. I don't understand what that means. I'm glad there's GPS and there's music and all this stuff, but I don't even, that's, that's not my world. You went from working 80 hours a week in the restaurant, a prisoner to it, to being able to get back in the combine and taking time off and having a manager run your business. I mean, Talk about what it felt like and what your ultimate payoff was in January, 2021, when we saw each other. Talk about that. Yeah, it's been crazy to have that freedom. Even this week, we're, we are really short staffed, of course, just like everybody else. Um, but I'm usually working 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 on a busier week, but it's not 80. I haven't worked probably over 50 in since June when we had that big event going on. So the, just the hours alone has helped cut down on my personal stress level a lot. Not that constant pressure of somebody needing you because there's systems in place. We have jolt checklists for everything from here's how to troubleshoot when the water heater pilot light goes out. So they're not calling you at 1130 at night. Oh, we don't have any hot water. And um, so it's just really trying to 
kind of troubleshoot those fires and, and get them put at bay before they blow up on a Friday night because that's something that always happens, right? And so this happened um, because you put management in place, right? They could actually do what you wanted and you didn't have to be the one to make every decision. Yeah, and I think the other part of that is the consistency in management as well of not having one person kind of be the pushover and the other one then becomes the bitch manager because they're actually the ones enforcing the rules. And now that that has changed, that culture and that dynamic of they're not going to get a different answer from me, it's this is correct. We have the same core values, I guess, if you will, um, that they know that's just the way it is. And, and so, so by having those managers, changes. yeah, by having those managers, by ha being consistent with policies and procedures, by changing your company culture, Huge. you had two, three days off a week during this time. And then in January of 2021, we had breakfast in Scottsdale, Arizona. Like we I'm did. in Peoria, Arizona. We had breakfast. Like you had an extended vacation. And how long did you, were you here? And how did you pull that off? I was down there for two weeks was the original plan. And actually the manager called and said, you you really could probably just stay another week. Like we're good. And I was like, are you joking? Like, okay, well that's fantastic. You know? Um, yeah. And actually meeting you in person was one of my goals when we very first started working together. So that's kind of a cool little milestone. Well, we'll talk about the time we saw each other in Vegas with all the other members. That's a whole that's other story. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> all right. So now here's January, 2020. You're, you're taking three weeks off. You come back to the business and you still have time off. You have managers. There's still some struggles. You're still implementing systems. You're still not quite all the way there. Um, but your prime cost had dropped down to 64%. Now you're just under whatever the national average of 65% is. I want you at 55 or under, but that's a major swing from 89% to 64. I mean, yeah. that's huge, unbelievable. 25%. That means you all of a sudden became so efficient. You gathered back a quarter, every dollar that comes in on top of where you were. That means I can pay bills. I can make money. I can do things now between January and August we start to see things like in our group coaching call. And, and as I mentioned to everybody, you know, I've got a restaurant transformation intensive membership. It's a group coaching programs, 24 slash 30 weeks long. Well, you've been with me much longer than that time, but you helped me create that program. You and I met on a weekly basis, you and Amber, your, your GM, we met and we started implementing because I was trying to create this program from everything I'd done in the past and you had done it. Like whatever it was, you put it in place and you saw results. Well then, because of this group coaching call, I like to tell people, I think we as a group are three to four weeks ahead of the media on what's going on in the restaurant business because we have members all over uh, the United mm -hmm. States. And in fact, recently we've got somebody in Italy. And so we know what's going on. And what we started to see all of a sudden was, oh my gosh, I'm having my ass kicked. I'm having record sales. Oh my God, the floods of customers coming back way before the media ever said it. Way before we started to understand we had a crisis in shortage of in employees because right then and there you had enough staff and then we hadn't started looking for more staff until we flipped that switch and said, oh my gosh, I'm having my ass kicked. I need more people and couldn't find them. 
So during that time, you're no different than anybody else. In fact, I would say you have it tougher than anybody else, considering you have 1,200 people to choose from and no traffic light in your city running a very busy restaurant that the labor shortage pulled you back in. That's reasonable to say, right? It's all that time off we just talked about, the rosy picture sucked you back in the business because you needed to be a server, bartender, cook. You had to get your, get your hands dirty again because of what's happening in the market. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's very accurate. I um, am Amber and I both are on a lot of shifts on the floor right now. And so I I don't want somebody to look at this and say, oh, she's done all that. She's done because like you and, I, you and I have talked about that. We're probably never going to look at each other and high five and whoop, we're done. Okay, see you later. I'm going to Europe for six months. Like pr probably not going to happen. But um, it, yeah, it does kind of suck you back in, but it's nothing that's personal to our restaurant, which is kind of comforting to see that like, okay, hey, this is a nationwide problem. We've just got to keep pushing through this. And it really, again, probably is a blessing because it forced us to, holy shit, we have got to revamp our menu today because this has to be implemented next week, Monday. Like, why, why did you have to make the change? Because you and I talked about it. I want to paint a picture. You're in a small town. You wanted to be all things to all people. So you could offer this, that, the other, because there's no, there's not a whole lot of other restaurants, a couple of bars, a couple of chain restaurants, but nothing that provides an after hours like you do. So you had a lot of extra items on your menu. And for about a year plus, we talked about, you really should trim it, really should trim it. But there was this fear of taking you know, five customers that you see on a daily basis because your town is so small to go, hey, why'd you take that off the menu and feel personally hurt that you hurt them? So, yeah, that was a kind of a big shift for me, I think, where it was like, I, I just had to have this personal breakthrough of I've got to remove the face from the item because Joe might be pissed at me that we got rid of calamari fries. Is Joe going to come back and eat something else because there's zero other options in town? Probably, you know, and there might be some people that don't, but it's really started to shift our demographic too, um, which is good. And, and, and you didn't make that change, start to remove items from your menu because of food cost. It was because of no, the labor it, shortage, it, right? It was. It would be like, we got to simplify this kitchen because we have five to seven people in the kitchen and there's nights that we have two people. So it's like, okay, either we close the kitchen, we do something like pizzas only or burgers only. Here's your four burgers, or we drastically reduce this menu. And it has been awesome. Well, just so it's people so understand, you righted your ship with this labor shortage, saved your business and your sanity by reducing your menu. I don't think people understand. Again, small town. What's the average age of your cooks? Um, we run the whole kitchen mostly with high school kids. High school kids. And you're short a kitchen manager right now. Is that accurate? Correct. Who places your orders for you? The high school kids. Who does your prep list for you? The high school kids. Who maintains your key item tracker, waste tracker in the system and checklist? Yeah. High they school check kids. out the kitchen at night. They do the key item tracker. They put the food order in. They're in charge of inventory. They, it, it's really teaching them a lot. 
And you were able to do this because of you're the leader your restaurant needs, because you didn't throw in the towel and go, oh shit, the government this with the, the extra money and these lazy people and blame, blame, blame. You looked internally and said, how can I change my operation to make it work with what I have today? That is just amazing because all too often restaurant operators would never think that they've got to hit their menu. Now, full disclosure, we had talked about reducing your menu because you had too many items for a long, long time. The time came when it was ready and it was right for you. Yeah. What was that decision like for you? I mean, besides, you talk, you start talking scary. about that mindset. Why? Yeah, it was scary for sure because I do, I take a lot of that personally and I'm like, oh, I don't want anybody to be sad because we got rid of breakfast. We sucked at breakfast really bad. Um, it just eggs are hard. It's a whole nother ball game. People right. think breakfast, oh, how hard can it be steak and eggs? But it is a whole nother ball game, eggs and hash browns. And we didn't do it well. And so it was better to just get rid of it. Um, we really changed on, we did, we, so when we did the menu profitability monitor with you and Mary, we really looked at a couple different things of what can we cross utilize with our food? What are single use items that we're only using sauerkraut for this one pizza or whatever that might be. And then also looking at the amount of prep because it was eating into a lot of our labor time. So we drastically cut a lot of our prep out and just really tried to streamline and simplify things. And we did add in a couple new things so that it's not just all what we took away. Um, but people have been very receptive. We actually adjusted the prices as well because we were probably, well, we know we were underpriced in a lot of the areas. Um, so that menu profitability monitor really forced me to just look at the numbers, not the person behind who loved the salad or I loved that salad or whatever. It's no, does it make sense to this business? Yes or no. And that's a scary disconnect to make because you you want to please everybody you're in the hospitality right you want everybody to leave to feel good and be happy people are still happy now let me ask you a question would you have ever come to that conclusion on your own or how valuable is it to have the mastermind group meaning those weekly group coaching calls or having mary and i as as somebody to help you with your business that that phone call that operations team if you will or corporate office that a chain would have to help you see things is there a benefit to either of those things did that influence or help you get to this point i don't think i would ever not have a coach in in this industry um even if we do get to the, all these systems implemented it's that support it's the guidance it's the real life experiences chatting with other people there's always as, as you know everything in this industry is constantly changing and so i don't think i'd ever be without a coach it really is just kind of like a mentor a life coach um yeah i don't think i'd ever be without you so you're stuck with me <laughs> i'm okay with that i'm okay with that because in fact again full disclosure i have you as a member coach, a peer coach in the group, because you have done all this stuff. You are struggling the same struggles they have, but you never say die. Now, I want to be clear. There are times where your business has created tears for you. There are times Absolutely. where you have talked till you're blue in the face going, I'm done with this shit, just like everybody else. The major yes. difference is what you do the next day 
is put your big girl pants on and fricking attack it and make it effing work. Is that, I mean, am I being yeah. accurate on that? Yeah. And I think that's a really, that's, your whole talk about how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time is not far from the truth with this because it is, especially if somebody's just starting out in this program or just like taking a look, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't implement all those things. We're already short staffed. We're already short managed. And I think our stuff's fine. It, it's probably not. And it just becomes the new way of doing things. Um, but each system is just one more chunk. It's just one more chunk. It's okay. What can I do today? And I'm a big list maker. And so that has even helped me. That's nothing to do with any of the systems, but you and Mary telling me, okay, you need to prioritize your list. Cause there's always going to be 95 things that need to get done. This outlet's broke. That needs to be fixed. This needs to be clean. There's always going to be stuff. So prioritize your list. What are the top two things you can do today? If that's all you get done, that's what you get done. But it is just keep going. It's the old adage as one of our members, Patrick, uh, had talked about there, there is important and there's urgent, right? And it's because the important, there's always a list of important things to do, but there's those snakes that have to be, you know, you got to attack them right now or they bite you and they kill you. Like what's urgent and you've got to get done as well as delegating. I mean, the major thing I, yeah, that I was just going to say that the other big change too is what can I get off my plate? Like even this week, we just have a, a one of our gals that we assigned to Facebook, like every event, I want you to post it. And then you, you're going to link that to the website. Like she's done more in the website in the last week than we've done in a year and a half. And she's constantly creating content for Facebook and the events and they're making TikToks and all kinds of stuff. And so really getting the staff involved and not just with social media, but seeing what can they do. So same with how did you teach your teenagers to do the food order? Well, first simplifying the menu greatly helped because it really, we got rid of, what did we say? 75 different products. Yeah. Just it was big. gone. So huge. Um, so it's easier to do your inventory because there's less shit all over the place to look at and look for. And it's easier to do the order because there's not 14 different kinds of sides. There's three, you know, so um, really just looking at what you can assign to other people. And, and that lesson was a tough one for you and everybody who comes to it because you think you're the only one who can do it. Because every time you give it away, it gets done wrong because we don't have a system, a process the way it's in your brain. And you, when you train somebody, just follow me. But the other part is that you and Amber learned the most important lesson that all these systems, they're just tasks. If you can't mm -hmm. teach somebody to do a task, then we got a major problem where you come in is interpreting the data the tasks produce for you to make the decisions on the menu, to make the decision on more recently, you've reduced number of hours. You haven't closed any day except for one because of a complete shortage for a day, but you remained open and you found ways to make it with the staff that you have. But is that... Is that a big aha? Am I stating it right that a lot of the stuff that you think that you had to do are just tasks? That's not the important yeah. part. It's it's yeah, interpreting absolutely. it. Is that accurate? Yeah, and I think you're right too that you can't just teach somebody one time how to pay bills and expect that it's, well, I told you, well, they sometimes need to hear it seven different times, seven different people, seven different ways. And uh, so really creating checklists for everything, same thing, you know, we have a new office manager that we hired and 
Um, she's creating a checklist for every single thing she does, which is amazing because if she ever does leave, we've got them all here. Here's how to do this, you know? And so, but really breaking it down. And so payroll is a good example of that. It's pretty simple, but there's been some significant errors. And in the beginning it was like, oh, maybe I should just take this back. Like that's your instinct, right? Like, right. oh, that's a big, big, a lot of money on the line. Like I should just take this task back. It's like, no, she can do it. I'll review it. She can do it. I'll review it. And it, we've been on that process for about eight weeks now and it's getting better every single time. So rather than just pulling that in, give me that, let me do it myself. Working with them, like you talk about with the food order, do it with them 26 weeks in a row. And on week 27, maybe it's 37, I don't know, but really following up with that, not just handing somebody something and expecting they're going to do it the way you want it done. So if we look at this, we say, okay, we're now August of 2021. And the last time you just did your budget variance where we create your annual budget and you put in your actuals, you see where you wanted to be, where you actually are. If we just go on your straight actuals, you told me you're running a 61% prime cost. Yes. For August was 61. Yep. So you started in January of 2020 with $7,000 in the bank, not taking time off, taking money from your savings account to make payroll, getting to at some point in time in August of 2020 to actually having time off 70 plus thousand dollars in the bank, managers doing work, employees, implementing systems, changing your culture, still don't have everything in place to 12 months later, which is really 18 months from January, but 12 months, August to August, you shared with me from struggling and losing money to making money that you had a positive swing of $288,000 over the last 12 months from August Correct. to August. Correct. That's life-changing. It's mind-blowing, like even to look at this stuff, but it's true it's crazy and it's kind of like pinch me is this real but it's not been easy but it's and you know how important how important i say that you pay yourself on your budget that it's not we're just going to take whatever's left over you actually value your time give yourself a salary and you don't give yourself a big salary uh you in fact i know for a fact you in theory pay your GM more than you pay yourself. Now we've got the ability to scoop from the business, but the fact of the matter is you're not greedy by any means, nor are you rolling in it in that respect of what you pay yourself. But it was just recently your accountant looked at you and says, you got to pay yourself more. You got to pay yourself more rent. You got to get some of this money out of the damn account. Like yep. talk about that. How did that conversation come up and go when you've actually got your accounting professional looking at you going, dude, what are you doing? You, you need to take yeah. more. They did. They were like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? What are you guys doing? Like, this is crazy. You guys, you need to pay yourself more. Um, you need to increase your rent, um, pay more on your loan, that kind of stuff. Is there any equipment you need or upgrades you need to do that kind of stuff? So three years into the business, that's a really good, good feeling to have. And I do feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, we have a lot of systems we need to put in place yet. We still haven't done recipe costing cards. We haven't done our brand new menu launch. Um, even the labor, we could dive more into that even with the, um, 
the dollars per labor hour worked and those kind of systems. We don't have, um, we had to put marginage on hold for a minute for our software. And so we need to get into that again of a food and beverage software. So there's definitely still systems to put in place. So it's really inspiring to know that not only was this money on the line, but we're recouping that money. What was ours, you know, by, by the hard work we've done and there's still more to go. And, and and so people understand because you put the hard work in, you're one of those operators that kind of got screwed with the most recent bailout because you didn't show the loss in sales. You didn't show the losses and the, the employees let go because you worked your business so hard to lead it to success. When that restaurant relief fund came around, you didn't get any of that. You've done no, this all on your own. We did not qualify for any of that stuff because you had to show X amount of decrease and we didn't have that. We actually did better than we did the year before. So it was a kind of bittersweet, but in the end, it's totally worth it. Um, even this whole employee retention credits, we didn't qualify for any of those. Um, so it, it's a good thing though. It's, it's a good thing. Well, it, it sucks because you see all these people with free money, but it is again, a testament to what you do as a leader in your business. The reason why I so enjoy working with you so much so that I keep asking you to extend yourself as a member coach, as a mentor, a peer, as I bring on new people into the, the restaurant transformation intensive program, because they can look to you and go, you've been there, done that. And oh, by the way, you still don't even have all the 30 weeks of stuff that I put in that program in place yet. Look at the changes you made. So if, if you're somebody who is, is if you were to talk to somebody who's struggling right now and bitching and moaning about the, the employee, the employee issues that we're still have COVID business restrictions and all the challenges that are out there, and maybe they're not making the money to deserve. Maybe they're still a prisoner of their business. What would you say to them about starting this journey? You've got to start now. You cannot, cannot, cannot wait until COVID's over or wait until this or wait until that or when I get a manager, then I'll really start. When I get all, when we're fully staffed, I'll start then. it. This is the stuff that leads you to that. So it, it really is kind of a hard mindset to understand because you really have to shift and just trust the systems that they are going to do the work, but they will. They are going to start changing your culture your staff is going to start stepping up where you didn't know that they even had the ability to run your Facebook account and um, to order your food for you. That You remember that was one of our biggest fears of, I don't know anything about a food order. How the hell am I going to order food? I, so I how, know this. How, and how did we help you change that? What did we do? We grabbed your history and literally said, based on your history, here's what you got to use. Math did it, right? Right. Isn't that crazy? You, if you, we yeah. look at the numbers, the numbers tell you what you need to know. Same thing with your menu profitability monitor. How did you know what to get rid of and what kind of impact it would have on your business? Math, yeah. right? The crazy part the is- of where to work on things, yeah. And the budget is math. Like right. it, it is amazing that in our industry, we get a, we fearful of math because it's a word problem. But once you simplify and understand where numbers come from, how they fit. It really changes your world. So I often tell people that the two most important systems any restaurant should have are budgets and recipe costing cards. And I always joke about what are the two restaurants never have? 
budgets and recipe costing cards because they're too hard. Boo freaking who? That's why in the program, we do your budget for you with you. We, you and I have worked together long enough that we've done a second budget because we got to a point where there wasn't enough months left on it and things had changed so dramatically, you needed to create your new plan. So focus back on the budget and why, why do I harp on budget and say it's your proactive plan? How did the budget truly change your trajectory and help you come up with these decisions? Well, I think if you don't, know where you're going how do you know where you're going i mean it just it sounds silly but it's like if, if you don't know where you need to be focusing the most maybe it's not trimming your cable tv bill and it's holy shit you gotta attack your menu today um and without those numbers broke down you don't really know you're just guessing and and if you don't have a budget it's better to just start i guess somewhere but if you do have a budget you and i really sat down line by line and like whoa 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 this is way out of line you gotta cut your comps or whatever that might be um and, and those are some of the changes that we had to make and none of those changes i dictate to you like no I think I remember we, I think we spent two hours just on prime costs before we ever got to the operating expenses because we deliberated about every line item and cost goods sold and what could be possible. Is this possible? When do you think get that done to labor, even doing a down and dirty dollars per labor hour work to go really is your kitchen is your kitchen. Do you need that many hours? Really? When you look at you're about five entrees an hour, uh, you know, on average and, and how that really changes things. What does it feel like when you're actually making those decisions? Like you truly, it's not me dictating that you go as a business owner. Yeah, that's reasonable. Does that make a difference? You know, having somebody say, yeah, this absolutely. is what you have to do. And it's, I don't feel like I've ever been like, oh, I got all this pressure. They're after me. They're on my case. It's more of a steady support rather than really you didn't get this done this week geez i thought you were in this program i thought this meant something to you not at all it's never once been shameful or guilty or you know because you guys know and you understand that hey restaurant life happens like people die people lose their job people move life happens restaurant happens right you yeah. i was gonna go home the today before my podcast get ready do my makeup do my hair nope i was on the line cooking all through lunch like restaurant happens and you guys get that and you just keep encouraging us to just keep putting one step in front of the other. And so there's always going to be a crisis in this business. Right now, it happens to be the labor crisis. And it will pass. And there will be a new crisis. There'll be a new challenge in the industry. For instance, before we got on this call, you had shared with me, you just hired like the three new employees, which is big in your small town. That's huge. And it's huge. just about enough to start to get you to a point where you could expand your menu to a new menu, giving a little more options, expand your hours again and so on. But I mean, you're, you're literally that close. And if you have these people in place, do you think you're gonna be back to two days off a, a week? Are you gonna be back to being able to take a vacation by January of next year? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm planning for it. it. I don't think we need 10 staff to make this work. We need a handful of people. And you, we talked about this on their coaching call a couple of weeks ago with Nikki and stuff. You just got to keep putting yourself out there. You don't know who's watching, who is going to finally call and say, geez, I've been watching and I, I saw seven posts now that you still need help. And I just, I'm ready now. My daughter's back in school or 
this happened. My husband got a new job, whatever. You just don't know when somebody's watching. So let, let me let me harp on that one real quick. So Nikki's actually in North Dakota, just like you, another extremely sharp, sharp operator. And there's all these people. So give context. People are talking about how do we find people? And because of the group, they shared their ads with each other. And Nikki shared with how she stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it, with multiple channels. And then labor started to change for her. It's not an overnight thing. It's that consistency part. Talk a little bit about how important it's been to have those weekly group coaching calls, to have other operators literally share their knowledge. There, There are so many just different tips and tidbits that have nothing to do with the systems. There's every week I take notes. There's always, oh my gosh, did you know about this fryer? This We added this to our line. We cut two people off our line by adding this fryer. Or has anybody done this menu board? I mean, it's, there's so much. Every single week there's different stuff about POS systems. To, there are a lot that's not covered. Um, the food vendors, and we've talked a lot about that and different vendors of how to cut your costs. Um we talked about the prime vendor agreement, how important that is, and just different advice we can share from Italy to North Dakota, across the country, across the world, really, that, hey, have you tried this? You know, and yeah, it's really remarkable. Well, let me ask you a question here. You've now been on an 18-month journey. Um, when you look at it, January, making the really looking at where you are of 2020. Uh, for all intents and purposes, for you and I, you've been on a journey from June of 2020. So July, August, really only 14 months. 14 months of truly changing your life. Does that feel reasonable to you? Would you have ever looked, when we met in June of 2020, would you have said in August of 2021, I will have reduced my prime cost from 89% to 61% that I would have money no. in the bank surplus to a point where I have to pay myself more, pay down debts more, even though I'm in a, and would you ever predict the employee crisis that the nation's in? Like, no, I would have never thought any of that. I would have thought that I did think that, you know, like, Hey, we might be able to have maybe a, like a hundred thousand dollar swing, right? Not two hundred eighty-eight thousand dollar swing. Um, that maybe we could drop that by like ten percent. That'd be a pretty well. That'd be a, you know a little over a hundred thousand dollars. And so, thinking maybe ten percent, maybe fifteen. Um, never, ever would have suspected the labor shortage where you're closing not because you don't have the sales, but you don't have the staff to provide the the service and the food. Um, I, yeah, I would have never guessed we would be in the financial spot at, a, at the bank, the checking account either. Um, and this is I all mean, during a pandemic. This is all during a labor crisis. This has all not been the easiest journey in the world. Like, I don't want anybody to think that working with me and putting systems place is freaking magic. I suck. I create work. I, I, it's definitely I, been work. And you shake up your culture, which means... You got people who push back and you've, you've got long-term employees that you have to let, let themselves promote themselves to customer. Like you don't work here anymore. You're not, you're not going to hold, allow one, two or three employees to hold your business back anymore. Again, it doesn't mean there aren't challenges along the way, but if you were to assess where you are as a person, personal life, mental well-being, 
financial from June to today, what has that change been worth to you? Uh, priceless. It's a, it's a 180, like even just the shift, like you were talking of not letting the staff hold me prisoner. I don't think that they were necessarily doing it intentionally, but they just kind of ran the show. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really know any better. So I guess we can do that. Like, I don't know. Sure. It sounds good to me. And again, wanting to make everybody happy and not wanting anybody to leave hurt or feeling sad or anything like that. So I was definitely the yes person and wanted everybody to be everything to everybody. And that's really been a, a big shift and being able to have the same rules for everybody and really put some of that culture and expectations rules in place. And now they call each other out of, hey, that's not how we mop around here. That's not how we vacuum. You need to do a better job at that, you know, or, um, the culture change has been remarkable and to not have that guilt and that feeling of, Oh my gosh, what do I do if this person leaves? Like it, that was such a fear for so long. And you feel like, why well, can't yeah, I wrote them up nine times, but this is their final, final warning, you know, but we just can't do it without them. And it's like, you can, and you will. And getting rid of some of the negativity and, those inconsistent rules has been part of that culture change. So I've got one last question and then I'm going to ask you to kind of summarize or share with anybody listening, what you want them to take away from our discussion. When I first started in 2003, I focused on systems, systems, systems. I promoted myself. I was the systems guy. We're going to make you money, profitability. We're going to get managers in place and then we're going to work on you and after writing my book, Restaurant Prosperity Formula, after having to restart, after selling my shares, my business partner bought me out in my old company two years ago, a little over two years ago, having to restart my business. And at writing that book, I realized the most successful people I worked with was about mindset, it was about them, getting them a life. And that's why I coined Restaurant Prosperity as freedom from your restaurant and the financial freedom you deserve. But in, the, in our group, in how I approach things now, I approach things about developing you as the person first, getting you a life. Because if I get you a life, 100%. that means you have managers in place and you make money. How has, like, am I being accurate? Do you feel like we work more on you as a person than your business? 100%, and your business a benefit. 100%. You could have, you, you could sell a binder with all the systems. Here's the video link of how to use this Excel spread or Google spreadsheet, you could sell that and be done. That's, that's not what it's about. And that's not what's going to change people's businesses. It, the systems are important. Don't get me wrong, but the, how do you implement them? Because so-and-so doesn't like doing the waste tracker. They never do it. So I can't get them to do it. So it's just, who cares? We're just not going to do the waste tracker right now. Or the budget like ah, it's too hard it's complicated i'm just gonna give up and there it's it is it's that weekly coaching of okay how should we get through this don't tell me how it can't be done tell me how it can be done and really shifting our own leadership and yeah we've read different books along the way on leadership and really it, it has trickled down from the top definitely awesome what do you want to leave people with what do you hope people listening to us take away from our discussion? 
Um, I would probably say that we're definitely not done. Like I said earlier, that it's not, we're far from done, far from perfect. Um, so I don't want people to listen to this and think like, oh, she's got it made. She's got all this work done. They're ready to go. They're going on vacation doing this. There's still a lot of work left to do, and that's going to be ongoing for forever. But the progress that we have made is really pretty remarkable, and you can't wait for COVID to be over or for the labor crisis to be over or for whatever the next crisis might be. You're remodeling, whatever. You're, you're not fully staffed. You can't wait for that stuff to be in place before you get started. I love it. Emmy, yeah. I, I couldn't be more proud of the results you've gotten. I couldn't be any happier to have you on my team, if you will, to help other new members make their way through this journey. But most of all, I'm just happy for you because you've truly made an incredible change in your life and your employees and your customers' lives because you kept at it and you became the leader your restaurant needed and you made the changes necessary to make it all work. I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, extremely proud and impressed with what you've done. And I want to thank you for allowing me to share your story with everybody again. Of course, I appreciate all your and Mary's guidance as well. And I, I don't think I, you're ever getting rid of me, so. Ain't happening. Thanks so Thanks much. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I wanna thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I wanna give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.